Storygram Network. Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at Transistor.fm. Hi, my name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. So it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? Everything else. Because it's never, ever about food or weight. Never, ever. Not even. One time. Not ever. Ever, ever. Hello, everyone. This is Laura Lee Rourke from It's Not About Food podcast. And today we are talking about trusting the process, which is very hard to do when you have an eating disorder, (laughs) to even believe that there is a process. But there is a process to getting well and getting into the recovery. And so the card in the front is the goddesses jumping from one cliff to another one with her dear animal. And she's trusting that she's going to make it to the other side. And the back of the card reads, Recovery from body hatred and disordered eating provides many layers of learning that unfold uniquely and spontaneously. Trusting the process means that we all work through these experiences and issues at our own pace and in our own way. We can trust that our process is exactly right for us, and we don't have to waste precious time comparing ourselves to others. So I think that last line is was really good. I remember every recovery I had about everything I needed to recover from, I would watch what other people did and wonder why I wasn't as together as they were. <laughs> why didn't my recovery look as nice as theirs? And I realized later that when you're in it, it feels very messy. But somebody outside of you looks at it, and it looks like it's all great. But it's inside, it felt very messy to me. But my friend didn't think I felt messy. She thought I looked great going through a process. So we have to remember that when you're in it, it feels a lot different than when you're just watching it. So I want to talk about recovering from body hatred and disordered eating and how Many layers have to kind of unfold naturally. You can't make them go faster than they are. I couldn't run until I knew how to walk. I couldn't go from zero to 60. I had to have the unfolding uniquely and spontaneously. And there was a lot of times when I felt like I was stuck, but when I looked back on it, I was moving slower than I thought I should or would. And that's just the way that was. And I had to be okay with how my process was. For me, I didn't have much trust about myself. And so I certainly didn't feel like I could trust my process because I didn't know what it was. I can remember telling somebody, I'm afraid that if I recover from this eating disorder, I won't like myself. They were like, I think you'll like yourself more. (laughs) But that was hard for me to... I knew what I had. I was unhappy with that, but I didn't know what I would get. So I'm so glad to have Marcella on here today. And she's going to talk about all the work that she's been doing. It's very exciting 
stuff I see online that she's doing and how she's worked with trusting the process, not only with herself, but also her world and her clients. Thank you for having me, Laura Lee. I'm always excited to be here and chat with you. And next thing you know, like the hour goes by and we're like, whoa, where do we go? Here we are. Yep. It's so true. So what have you been doing lately? Yeah, that that trusting the process part. And I'm just going to jump right in because I, I was reflecting back on my own recovery from my eating disorder and how utterly hard or what felt absolutely impossibly hopeless to do. And there's this quote by the late Dr. Martin Luther King that says, you know, faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the entire staircase. And I was like, oh, that is recovery. And you and I know, and so many folks know who are doing this work with eating disorders, body sovereignty, social justice, know that to help someone come back to their relationship with food and their bodies that is grounding and true and nurturing is very tender, is very difficult, is fraught with so many challenges and trauma along the way. And yet we know the outcome is liberation. And so with that being said, when we have a diet culture that really attacks that and takes that away, that's when I work with folks and say, it's not your fault. It is hard to trust your process in a diet culture that is saying you shouldn't trust your process. You shouldn't trust what your inner voices and wisdoms are saying. You should always be focused on having X, X body. And what's also hard is that for us, we're saying we trust the process and we're saying, what's it based on? And we're saying just our deep feeling inside of us. And diet culture, as hypocritical as it is, well, you need to prove it with science. It's like, I'm living proof. But then diet culture equates weight with health with some of the worst science I have seen. So it's like, (laughs) what are you talking about science? So it's maddening how gaslighting that is. And I am sure as a healer yourself, when you're working with folks, it's just this big where... I'm trying not to use profanity. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Where we're just like, wow, diet culture, you're a demon. You're a monster. You are just getting in the way because trusting oneself is the most sacred, grounded, powerful relationship one can have. And that's when you can shine and be your true, authentic self. And it is our responsibility and job as human beings to help everyone get to that. Yes. And when we have this gnarly gaslighting white supremacist system called diet culture, that's very, it's like, no, diet culture is toxic. It's harmful. It's abusive. And it is preventing folks from trusting their process. It is. And it tells us that if we just follow along, whatever they say, whoever they are, the person who made this diet or created this book or 
this program or whatever, that then we'll be happy. But if it's outside of what our bodies actually want to do, it's never going to work, really. It's never going to work. If the diet that I'm on is what I would naturally eat, then it probably would work. But I wouldn't be hating myself about that, you know? I tell my clients, your body has a diet that it likes. I mean, just it means what it likes to eat. That's all. And when you find that, you'll feel so much better. And yeah, but I'm afraid I'll only eat fill in the blank. But you won't. You know, a baby doesn't. People don't. Coming back to trusting our bodies and trusting the process of learning our bodies is we knew how to do it as babies and little kids, but somehow we get so far away from it and we trust these other images and tales of what we should and shouldn't do. It drives me crazy because like you, you know, I work with people who I think, you know, you're really, do you really think that you'll eat all of the candy? If you have candy in your house, like forever, <laughs> you won't. I swear you won't. There'll be an end. There'll be an end to it. <laughs> and then you add social justice and all the other things that we work with and the diet culture. Of course, you would feel like that, blah, blah, blah. It's like we have to get through the of what people are being told all the time. And hopefully we make a lot of sense. <laughs> so you've been working with... So it seems like you have a new sort of a thing that you're doing about social justice, right? I am working or I'm working hard or trying to work as hard <laughs> as I can to educate therapists and other clinicians about eating disorders. What I've been hearing anecdotally and what I've seen in studies is that Therapists, doctors, nurses, social workers, teachers, you name it, get less than two hours of eating disorder education in their entire grad school and their entire educational certification process. And yet they are seeing folks with eating disorders and either not knowing what to do or seeing folks who they think have eating disorders versus seeing folks who they think don't have eating disorders. And so wanting to not just educate, but dialogue together. Because I don't believe I'm coming in with all the knowledge and all the wisdom and learn from me. I don't believe in that kind of top-heavy approach. I'm saying, this is who I am. This is the work that I've done with my own lived experience, with my own clinical experience and activist experience. So I bring that. And I really want us to have this like dialogue amongst all of us about how do we want to talk and address eating disorders? Because folks say, I haven't had any education. I'm like, okay. But yet you have a relationship with food and your body and you've seen it. You know this so I can give you techniques and interventions and we can talk about it. And yet I really want to hear what is coming up for you and hearing your thoughts because we really need to expand our approaches. So that is my goal and to bring in much more lived experiences and bring in voices that we don't hear, particularly from marginalized folks, from folks with lived experience to clinicians and healers saying you have a wisdom and our field of eating disorders is so narrow. So please contribute 
because we need this. Storygram Network. Welcome to One Media, One Media. I'm. When you're whining with nurses. It's a place I like to call the bleed. My name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. Storygram Network. I joined Beyond Hunger about three years ago after my own eating disorder recovery. I've been with the Peer Ed program for over a year. I have been a peer educator for a few weeks now. Beyond Hunger is an amazing organization in which high schoolers like me get to go to schools across the Bay Area and educate teens and students on mental health, body image, intuitive eating. I joined because it really helps people. I joined the program because I believe that the information we provide people my age is very important. Beyond Hunger has allowed me to connect with the youth in my community and reaffirm to myself what I know is true. It has given me an opportunity to educate others and inform others around my age. Um, and I just think it's a really wonderful program. Because I want to teach other teens what I never learned. Appreciating your body through its ups and downs, navigating diet culture, and learning about intuitive emotions and hunger. And I felt that it was super important to continue to make change in the community. My name is Laura Lee Rourke, and I am one of the founders of Beyond Hunger. My business partner, Carol Normandy, and I founded it in 1988. But for the last 25 years, we've been going into schools and talking about the issue of eating disorders and body hatred. We um, train young women to go in with us, peer to peer, student to student, and it is a wonderful program. Please give generously, thank you. Yeah. You know, I was telling somebody the other day, she is a nurse, and she said, when somebody comes into the emergency room and they're starving to death, we want to feed them right away. She says, but they invariably say, what are you putting in my veins? Am I going to gain weight from that? That's like this kind of ding, 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 you know, that person is starving to death, and she's afraid she's going to gain weight from the food that they're feeding her through her veins. And I said, what do you guys think about that? And she says, we didn't see any of that in our nursing school. Like we didn't think anything like that would happen. And we don't know what to say about it now. But we just tell them that we're trying to save their life and that, you know, they need to eat to live and it'll be okay. But I can remember being that afraid of my own eating disorder that I would gain weight if I ate a piece of cake. Like I would just all of a sudden blow up like a huge balloon. I had such bad information. It was so black and white and right and wrong. So I think if somebody is there at least saying, well, maybe there's a different way to look at this, like you are, it makes all the difference in the world. And hearing that I... What I often tell folks is you and your body have a right to respond to nurturing, whatever that is. So your body is going to respond. And so in one outcome, maybe weight gain, maybe weight restoration. And you and your body have every right to respond to that kind of nurturance. And yes, we hear this 
time and time again from folks with eating disorders, but also not with eating disorders or are afraid of any type of healing modality because it may result in, in, in weight gain. And, and just feel like it just keeps asking that question over and over again about when did we become afraid of our bodies and when did we become afraid of our bodies expanding? And because expansion means, I think it means being able to do more. And yet we've seen studies of where the age gets younger and younger. When you ask someone, what would you change about your body? And there's so much focus on weight and shape and wanting, as I say this, to be sensitive and to acknowledge folks who are trans and non-binary who want to change their body. So I'm not saying we need to accept our bodies, but saying if we had that trust, then we would, that we would create that trust for, for trans and non-binary folks who are looking to change their bodies to align with what their gender means to them. But I was thinking about as you were talking, they've got this whole thing that they, I just was reading in the paper about this obesity for children. And so they're saying we need to give them more medication. And I'm thinking, really? Now we're, instead of, is that a thing? (laughs) Is it even a thing? And if it is, what's the reason? So let's go there instead of let's put them on pills at a young age. Let's put them on something that doesn't let them eat so much or whatever. Just a quick peruse of those guidelines, because I was like, I'm done. But a quick peruse was really this very heavy-handed, forceful, like we need intensive interventions to get kids exercising, surgery, medications, and whoa, what is happening here because we know and this was saying like the cutoff is age two i'm like whoa okay i'm like wow and knowing that like age two age three age four age five six seven or this like magical year of kids where they want to take on superpowers and experiment and play with toys or play with roles. I don't have my hands on this study, but I'm sure we can do a internet search. But it was asking, and I don't know how old these kids were, but asking them that same question, if you could change something about your body, what would it be? And these were kids that were just completely kids. And their responses were, I'd grow a tail because I want to hang from a tree. Like my feet would turn into fins so I could swim. They were <laughs> like my hands would turn into claws so I could climb trees. Like you could just see this magical thinking and this expansion and what it could say of translating. Like I just want to do more and I want my body to help me do more. And that's part of our development. And, to, and so to think like, that magical time and that developmental time and that relating to the bodies and the way like I am free with my body is going to be crushed and severed and harmed because of medicine, medication, food deprivation, exercise, surgery. It's like, how can that be? How can we do that? Are you ready for a generation of destroyed kids? Yeah. 
Yeah, another generation of destroyed kids. Right. So yeah, exactly. True. Not just. Yeah, not. This is the first time, but it's like, wow. Right. It's, are you ready to put out money to start bringing in more eating disorder <laughs> clinicians? Yeah. I'm like, I mean, I've had grown people look at me and say, well, I can't eat the way that I want. My body wants to eat or I'd be as big as a house. It's like, I don't know that's true. What do you think your body wants? Let's go there first. You know, you're not broken. Nothing bad was going to happen if you listen to your body. Maybe you will be bigger than you want to be, but maybe you should be. You know, maybe that's a good place. It's just very hard to go through this. And how much money, I'm sure, how much money people will make by saying that these kids need to be on medication and surgery and exercise and diets. It's in the trillions. So what do we do with our own like little tiny postage stamp that we get to be in? And how do we say to others, trust the process and say to others, you're going to be okay. I'm going to be here with you. I'm going to help you and support you and It's going to be okay. You're going to be able to recover. How do we move towards that? Such a good, (laughs) such a good question. (laughs) And what a process that is. First is a lot of time and patience. Folks tell me what they're afraid of. And I often, if not always, validate it saying, I hear your fears because our diet culture is not supporting your recovery. It's like you are not twisted in your thinking by any means. And with that being said, asking like a creative process of what would liberation with food look like? What would liberation with body look like? And asking like myself, are there ways I can help support this being an advocate for you in any way? Is it reaching out to your doctor? Is it even helping you find a doctor? Places where, yeah, where (laughs) where you can even get some kind of evaluation or some kind of appointment. Is it having a session with your family and or loved ones? And often as I'm trying to step into more, it's a balance of, I hear what you're afraid of. And I absolutely, you know, hear like how you will lose things as you lose, we'll just say your thin privilege. And at the same time, I am here to say being in a large body or gaining weight is not the worst thing. I'm not going to collude with that by being like, okay, yeah, I see how that's hard. That's hard. And like, and yes, our diet culture makes it hard, but I'm here also to say like, that is not the worst thing of who you are. You in a bigger body, I'm not going to be afraid of that. I'm not going to say like, yeah, that's really bad. I don't like how diet culture treats that, but I'm here to hold that too. And I have to say like that process for me even was like, whoa, what am I doing when I am saying like, yeah, it's really hard. I get it. I'm like, is my own bias coming up? And I have to look at that and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. There is a lot of soft handholding, but are you also in your good intentional way colluding with diet culture by that as well. Right. It's like you didn't realize that you still had this racist idea about something. (laughs) You thought you'd work through a lot of stuff and then all of a sudden something pops up in your mind or you say something and it's like, wow, that I didn't realize that was still there. And It's good, though, because I can then say to the person, what's wrong? Maybe you're not eating enough. Maybe that's what's going on. (laughs) 
you know, let's look at that. Maybe you're not being nurtured enough, but you're right, you know, and then to try to separate the person from the diet culture so that they can hear. I mean, I was terrified. I was terrified to gain weight. I only wanted to go down the scale, never up. And so to learn how to be okay with whatever I showed up as, it was a huge learning and not be worried about it being this. Of course, I stopped using a scale so that I didn't have to deal with that anymore. (laughs) But it was that whole learning how to accept my human body was, you know, that was a miracle. (laughs) Anyway, so I wonder if you would read the last of this card. Today I will practice. Today I will practice trusting my process and knowing that I am right where I need to be on my path. I will practice viewing each situation as a learning experience and will be loving and accepting with myself as I move along my path. And so tell us how we can get in touch with you or work with you or what does somebody need to do to be in your presence? (laughs) Oh, well, first of all, I would love that. Thank you. I love working with folks who really want to address food and body image and body justice, who are like, wow, eating disorders are more prevalent than we think they are, and they're happening in so many marginalized communities. So, and saying, like, I would love to get a hold of Marcella. I'm first of all, Mike, thank you. I'm very honored. Now, logistically, you can go to my website at marcellaedtraining.com, and there's all my information. There's my phone number, there's my email, and I'm on Instagram as Dr. Marcella Raimondo. I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook. You can send me a friend request. And so I very much like building community and being with like-minded folks because I do believe in a collective to create enough groundswell to make some big changes (laughs) in, in diet culture. Really big. Love it. Yeah, we have to. Now the cutoff is two. When is it going to be the cutoff is six months? (laughs) It's not going to be very long. No. (laughs) Anyway, I really appreciate you being here today. And thank you very much for coming on the show and talking about trusting the process, which of course is scary when you're in it, but it is just the only way to do it. Thank you for listening. You can find me on all the social medias at It's Not About Food. And if you would like to get the show a week early and ad-free, you can become a member at Patreon. Search It's Not About Food podcast. Thanks so much.